When the wind blows. Hello. The wind When the wind blows. The wind has blown. When where the wind blows, everybody knows. You ever heard that expression before? Never heard the expression "Where the wind blows, everyone knows." Actually, haven't. Well, it's just an expression because obviously you can tell where the wind is blowing because you can see, uh, you know, there's evidence of the wind. Evidence, evidence. Welcome to evidence of the wind, everyone. <laughs> this is a, a new podcast we're testing out here. We're field testing it. Uh, we're at Mark Jacobs' house in uh, Sussex. Those are vampire sounds. Would you agree? This is the vampire keyboard. This is, this is a vampire keyboard. This is a relic of a vampiric day. Do you have everything you need? Are you, all, are you kitted out? You heard that expression before? Kitted out? Kitted? Like kitted. Like you got your kit. Oh, my kit. Yeah, you got your kit. At this point, I think I do have a kit. You have a kit. What's your kit? Oh, because you got a road bag. I have a road bag. You have a go bag? Um, I'm filled with essentials. I do. I'm finally at the point where I have a kit of essentials. Really? And uh, that's a very, it's a very privileged thing to say. Is it? I think so. Because you know, now I can just leave my stuff at home and come back and just turn it on and go instead of like reconnecting everything every time. Oh yeah, because you gotta have it like re- uh, wrapped and ready, like travel ready. That is. Ah, is that the Mac sound? I believe that's the ancient. Was that the Mac startup sound of, of it, your? It might be. I think. I think the Mac sound was just a C major. Something yeah, in there, maybe. I feel like back in the day when I had a Performa six hundred. Does that ring a bell? The Performa six hundred. I remember. Well, yeah, the Performa had a uh, when we first would start up. I remember when we got the new computer, my family got the new computer, it was something where, oh, this is a new sound that added like a, like a low third to, to it the or opening. Yeah, it gave a little bit more crunch, a little bit like, oh, you've decided to upgrade. I can always appreciate those sounds because mm-hmm. um, I think the Mac one, that was, uh, wasn't that Brian Eno? No way. Brian Eno came up with the sound for the Mac. I thought they hired him for it. Should I Google that? Yeah, Google it. Hi, I'll do you Google that and I'll enter the podcast here real quick. Chio. Hi, I'm Mike Patton. Just kidding. Hey, hi, it's Jack Stevenson. Welcome to Live to Tape on the online internet radio station known as a podcast. Uh, my name is Jack Stevenson. Like I said, your host, Johnny Pemberton, will be available shortly. Today, my guest is Titanic Sinclair of internet fame and uh, YouTube lore galore, a person who enjoys colors and also enjoys black and white, knowing that full well those are also colors themselves, whereas black is devoid of color and white is every color, something that people fail to recognize on a daily basis. Black is nothing. Black means void. I saw a black cat last night while walking a dog. I shined a flashlight on the black cat and nothing came back because the black cat basically has a fiber optic light absorbing system that we have now developed with science. But this is a cat. This is a cat created by God to absorb light in the dark so my dog doesn't see it and attack it. 
So that's what black is, and white is every color. You can wear both together, but you're going to have something that's good and bad. And Titanic Sinclair understands this in a way that I think others do not. And we're going to express that using sounds, vision, music, and uh, forward-reaching products that can reach into your life and help change you through the nature of the way products interact with the body. You're listening to Live to Tape. Please go to the Patreon page, patreon.com slash live to tape, and make your donation known, and it will give you exclusive access to things that you won't be able to hear now, which you're hearing for free. Okay, everyone. This is just a, this is a song. Hey, welcome. Hey, welcome, man. Thank you. You're here. I've, I've been wanting to do um, more speaking engagements. Really? Via, via, yeah. That's a good idea, actually. You know, it seems like the right time, so I wanted to do it with the right boy. <laughs> the right boy. The right time. Oh, you're listening to The Right Time with the Right Boy. <laughs> I'm Johnny Pemberton. This is Titanic Sinclair. Hi. That's your name. That's uh, that's what you go by. Is, would you say it's your handle? Do you ever say that? No, but I should. I think yeah. handle's a good way of saying it. Because it's not like a, it's not a it's not a pen name. It's not a um, uh, it's not a moniker. It's not right. a what's the other thing that people say? They say uh, like a pseudonym, a stage name, a stage name. Um, yeah. There's some other thing else. Is a is a good one. I can't think what it is. I at at Sundance this past week, right. I I had to introduce myself as Titanic uh, like seven thousand times. Right, and Meet, um, when you're meeting people, right, yeah, and everyone always asks like, oh, is that your real name or is that um, why Titanic or whatever? And I just I never know what to say because I don't I don't know. Why. <laughs> yeah, it's it's sort of an arbitrary thing, right? It's sort of like something you came up with years ago. It was easy to Google. Yeah, you know, like no one no one like went by. Uh, Titanic. Right. And I haven't met anyone else yet, so I figured, you know, Titanic Sinclair. Mm -hmm. Sinclair just kind of sounds like distinguished. It does. You know, Upton Sinclair. That's Yeah, it's a classic English name. Sort of like Pemberton. Exactly. It's a bit like Pemberton. Who is this like a, uh, is there a chorus on this? Uh, a chorus? No, we, we, we can, I can give you a chorus-like oh. function. Ready? Here you go. Maybe that's what I was hearing. Yeah. yeah. Well, basically, what I'm doing here is I'm, I'm uh, giving you half mix, and I'm, uh-huh, you get I a see. little bit of pitch there, but the format remains the same. Beautiful. So this is the chorus effect. And right now, see, I'm going to... Oh, that's beautiful. Flanger is probably my favorite sound. Yeah, that's cool. It's very, uh, it's very nice for people wearing headphones. I think. Yeah. Do you Maybe. have a favorite sound? Um. Well, well, it's funny because we we were just talking about. I was incorrect. Brian Eno did the Windows ninety five. Okay. Sound. I thought uh, he did the Mac sound. Uh, favorite Windows ninety five. Um. It changes At right now. Well, actually, probably this this keyboard, the mm-hmm. the uh, the vintage Roland D fifty. Roland D fifty. I like it because um, it was made the year I was born, so that's fun. And also... What year is that? 1987. You can say that out loud. You just, you've just you recorded that, you know. It's it's documented. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least that's what I'm, what I'm told. Okay. Um, and I just really like the... Uh, 
I like the textures. It's the first digital linear synthesizer. What does that mean exactly? I have no idea. Okay. Um, I, and I, I say no idea because pretty much every other synth I've ever used, I can at least kind of figure out, okay, like on the Moog, I can just right. go to one oscillator and that's hear a sine wave and then mix in a square or whatever. Sawtooth. Exactly. And my, my, that's probably actually my favorite sound of all is a uh -huh. sawtooth wave. Um, and... And I can I can understand how the sound is being made and why it's when I introduce new elements what right. influences it. Um, but with this, it's everything's based off of I've been told um, in initial sample because the memory card mm -hmm. uh, at that time you know they're like 500 kilobytes or whatever. Right, that's that's a big thing. That's like a credit card right there. It's like a thick credit card. Very large. Yes, it's a it's a, a very like maybe like four three or four credit cards thick. Uh, yeah, stacked. Um, maybe even maybe two. Maybe two. Maybe because you got that embossing you have to deal with. That's, that's true. That's going to give you some level. Two some two vertical. embossed maybe credit cards. Yeah. And, um, and each one apparently is it, it triggers a sample every time you play a note. Um, and then based on that note, it like samples itself and generates tones based on the initial attack sound. Okay. It's very strange, but you can get. It's kind of known for this, uh, you know, thing. Sounds very like, hi, welcome to Daddy's Computer World. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hi. Well, because that's what, that's like what it was, this keyboard was like used for. I, I find a lot of the sounds like when you get into like, um. Welcome to Daddy's Dungeon. Some of that stuff, it's very like Rugrats-y. It is Rugrats. I honestly just thought was Twin Peaks. Sorry. It's that era. Yeah, yeah. Rugratsy. I, <laughs> I, I would be very um, surprised that, if then? Mothersbaugh did not use this on that show. Mothers, when you say Mothersbaugh, you're talking about Mark Mothersbaugh of Mark, DeVoe. Mark Devo. Devo. D yeah. Evolution. Um, yeah, what a great a hero of mine. What a, one of the greatest things of all time is Devo. I had to see yeah. them live once. They're a huge influence, uh, not only musically, but yeah, just on everything that I do. They're uh, they're incredible from so, Ohio. When you say what you do, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For people who don't know, what do you do? Because obviously, you guys uh, you guys have a, a large fan, fan base mm. among. Uh, a, I mean, it's, it's a large, predominantly younger people, right? People who are. Yeah, it depends on the the day of the week. Um, really. Yeah, just because maybe a very vocal younger fan base. Very vocal younger yeah. fan base, and then because um, with most of our the the stuff I do with Poppy at least, um, it's it's YouTube based. So right, and, and YouTube is a it's got a lot of youngsters. Yes, and their their analytics are actually very easy to use and, and very right. detailed. So it's weird because we have a lot of very young teenagers, mm -hmm. um, but also. In, in with males or right. those who identify as male, right. um, a late twenties, early thirties thing. Okay, which I guess makes sense because there's kind of that that dual layer of uh, of what we're showing, and then the layer of what we're I guess so, saying. You right, know? and also I suppose it's a reflection of you and Poppy being around that age as well. So there's something where you can't help but but give that off. Right. Yeah. Give off a similar thing to what you are, who you are. Yeah. 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 So to answer your question, um, a lot of uh, internet videos right. 
um, which I like to make because they're they're fun to make. And um, we also, well, we started doing the videos to promote the music because I'm I'm at pop um, in L.A. just kind of in like the whole songwriting world. Okay. And because um, you come from a musical background, mm-hmm. yeah, I I grew up playing in bands and and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And um, but I also always had a camera, so I would make music videos for friends and bands or for my band or yeah. you know. And um, yeah, you know, ultimately here in LA, it's very easy to uh, to meet creative people. Right, they're they're stacked up. Yeah, there's 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 many many. We're lousy people. with them. <laughs> It's out, you can you can say that again. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we just um, kind of started making things with mm-hmm. with other artists, and the stuff with Poppy people seemed to react to, even though there was no real like uh, point to what we were doing. You think it, there's no point to it? Eh, not really. I mean. Like we don't have to be doing. You you mean like Like, there's no point to, there's no reason to do it. There's no like. There's no reason to do anything. (laughs) Yeah, but it's fun, right? You do it because it's fun. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's it's a complete. um, It's a complete. uh, We're just satisfying an itch, you know. And what is that itch? Sometimes that's, um, you know, buying a new synthesizer and wanting to figure it out. And uh, like with this D50, um, I always wanted one. And I wanted to figure out how to work it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I got it, we just ended up using that. We started using it for the music and the poppy videos. Right. And so, um, you know, just being having that, that itch of like, okay, I want to learn this thing. And then that gets me excited to do the next poppy video. Or So it's sort of like a, almost like a, um, almost like a kernel, like a, like a, a, there's a kernel there. What are you laughing at kernel no, for? I just have a very visual like I know. popcorn exploding. That's and... the problem with the word kernel. <laughs> Kernel's one of these words that it's such a great word, but also it has such like a connotation to other things. Like a kernel of truth, you're saying? Kernel like that, of truth, in that sense? or sort of like the um, like you know how a, a a pearl starts by just a grain of uh, a grain of sand. Mm, and it's right. all this calcification built on it. So it's this little tiny thing that you sort of build off of. And eventually the thing you're building off of has nothing to do with what the thing is built uh, off. Well, I mean, maybe it does in this case. but So like in, that, in that sense, kernel is the perfect word. Yeah, it's a kernel. It's like the kernel of sort of the uh, the genesis, or like the beginning of the stuff comes from just this little, this little thing. And it just mm-hmm. builds on top of it to where... You're not actually the thing you started off. The thing, the impetus is not the product, right? Yeah, yeah that's that. That's a definite. Uh, that's a definite yes. At least with uh, what I, the, the things that I've made that people have reacted to, uh-huh. um, which I, I will never fully understand uh, why so many people have watched them. Um, the videos or, or, you know, I think I understand the music because mm-hmm. we're big, big pop music fans. You and, are in pop. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And so, um, in making the videos, the, the reason we started doing the videos, uh, 
well, for me is I, I wanted to learn how to use a black magic camera. Okay. And um, <laughs> I, bo- I borrowed one from a friend. Right. And um, so the, the first videos that we made were basically experiments. Were, Totally. Yeah, I was just figuring out like how to get the lights to look right on a black magic because I, I was used to digital SLRs at that time. And um and we knew that um because I'd become good friends with Pop at by the time we started making the videos and uh-huh. I just wanted people to hear the music, you know. And right. So it was like, well, maybe if we make videos that people watch, then they'll in turn discover the music. So now it's it's sort of happened the opposite way, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. the videos are that's like the immensely popular thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And and now that now that there's so many um, people who are like aware of the videos mm-hmm. in like the the byproduct of that, I think is like people are like, oh well, what else? Because people can't be satisfied with just one thing anymore. You have right. to be a million things. Yeah. And um and it just so happens that. Personal training is what you want to get into. Exactly. <laughs> but, this is all a means to becoming the world's greatest personal trainer. And that's what we're here to talk about today. <laughs> we're, talk, we're talking about shoulders and buys. A lot Typically, people will not do shoulders and buys in the same day, but you know what? There's a lot of confluence there of uh, muscles, and I don't. I just say go for it. It's I wanted a, it's to talk a about probiotics today. I, I'm a big probiotics guy. I had are, some. Are you really? More, I really am. But I'm more of like the natural probiotics. I don't like sort of uh, inputting the like. Oh, here's some probiotics. I like, like them. A kombucha. Like a kombucha, or maybe a good a good yogurt that mm. is a, a, a plain mm-hmm. yogurt. A Greek yogurt. No. Oh, are you, like going, a tried and true. I like the, I like my big thing. And I talk about this a lot. Is uh, sheep's milk yogurt from I've California? Never had. Well, it's it's where it's at. Bellwether Farms sheep's milk yogurt loaded with bacteria. We're talking about That's full good. fat sheep's milk here. There's no lactose in there. Interesting. It's I, really where it's at. I'm that's, kind of I've jumped great. on the kimchi kimchi train. Kimchi. That's also a great thing. I mean, it's, it's, you're dealing with a different subset of bacteria there. I okay. think there's a still lactic base bacteria but it's definitely it's just it's a really good thing we spending so much time in asia you see Mm -hmm. well breakfast kind of doesn't exist there is that true (laughs) well breakfast in the sense that we know what bacon and eggs right you're you're lucky to find that but what what do you have for breakfast in japan um fish uh fish like what here's a fish yeah, just a just like a fish, like a fried fish or like a baked no. fish. Well, I mean raw, a lot of raw fish. At least in Japan for breakfast, it's a little weird. The first time, um, the first time I went to Japan, mm-hmm. I didn't, I just didn't know what to do. I didn't speak any Japanese when was at the this? time. Um, almost, I guess, two years ago. Is this with Poppy? Yeah. So that was like the first, just the first tour over there. That so the reason we went, well, we had a bunch of friends. Who um, I remember, I think I talked to you about this maybe right after you guys got back. Yeah, yeah. Was, we were at the Griffin or some we were at some bar. That's right. Um, the I just had I had so many friends who had been there, and it was the one place that everybody was like, "You have got to yeah. go to Tokyo." Um, and so, but especially um, when I became first kind of obsessed with how like their pop music and and just pop culture over there. When was that? Um, probably I really started to dive in like four years ago, five years ago, but okay. I was so broke. I would never be able to go. Right. And the first time we went, I was, I was still very, very broke, but, right. um, funny story. Um, 
we were given a budget for a music video. Okay. This is after we did this video called Low Life, and um, which we did for you know not a ton of money, but you know pulled every favor basically. Right. Um, my DP Bryant Jansen, I finally was able to like hire him, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so um, uh, and he's a longtime collaborator now, and he he does everything that he did yeah. our show, our TV show, and everything. Um, so after that, video did really well, reacted. Right. And uh, on YouTube. Uh, on YouTube.com video sharing this platform. This was Island Records. This was when we were with Island, and um, and so they they gave us another budget. Mm -hmm. I'm like, cool. And typically, um, if a video does well <laughs> for their artist, they'll give you another budget of that same amount or more. Right. And so we were we were told that we would have a substantial amount more. Okay. So we went into full production, um, and you know, pulling favors again, and and just trying to get everything to come together. And like the week before we're supposed to shoot it, they're like, "Oh yeah, uh, we have to cut the budget in half." Uh oh. <laughs> Oops. Tale as old as time. <laughs> a tale, a tale, a tale as old as time. So we don't have as much money for you as we said we had. Sorry, it's just a tale as old as time. Now stop making videos because no one cares and no one should watch your videos and you should focus on radio only because radio is the way that we can make money from you. Did they really say that? Maybe. Uh-oh. So you did that. You got, so, the, you got the budget slashed. Had to apologize to all of my friends. Uh -huh. um, hey, by the way, that that's not happening. And um, it was very devastating for us. And right. so we thought, well, why don't we just shoot the video in my living room mm -hmm. and then spend a month in Japan. What do you mean spend a month? Oh, have them finance. <laughs> oh, so basically like shoot it for free and then take the video exactly. and go to Japan as like a sort of gift slash inspirational trip. Exactly. Um, so that's what we did. Mm -hmm. And a month, a whole month. Yeah. Wow. And, um, and pop at that time had been taking Japanese lessons for probably like half a year. So she could oh. like re read hiragana, katakana and all that. Um, but I was totally blind. Is that because she has like a real deep fascination with that stuff? Yeah. Um, a friend of ours uh, by the name of Matt Bennett, mm -hmm. um, he's he's uh, been there way, way more is times he Australian? than I Australian? Uh, he's not. Okay. <laughs> um, he is from uh, New York. New York. Um, but his... Uh, his recommendation mm -hmm. and how he kind of described, you know, what learning Japanese for him uh, was was like. And um, he kind of uh, he inspired her to start taking lessons. And, and then she would tell me she'd get back from class mm -hmm. and say, like, this feels like a brain massage. I can feel my brain growing. Oh, yeah. Because it's it's very that's the thing about languages is very, uh, very complicated. It's complicated. And also it's like a, it's like a part of your brain that. Uh, you're really learning. Yeah, in in Japanese, uh, you would say, "totemo uh, muzakashi des." What's that mean? Is is very very uh, very difficult, very complicated. Hey, what's that mean? <laughs> hey, what's that? Hey, uh, what's that mean? You said. <laughs> hey, hey, what's that mean? It really it really changed my my worldview and like my life though. By right. um, I, I have a great teacher. And oh, so you started learning as well. Yeah, uh, after the first trip. 
Okay. Because um, after I just, the first trip, because you were yeah, so over. It's got to be overwhelming. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It um. It it's very crazy to be so submerged in a culture, and uh, um, you're forced to communicate. So yeah. I had a couple on my voice memos on my phone. I had a couple of phrases that I should know, and I would just constantly call them up. And then I realized I wasn't calling them up anymore. I'd memorized them, and I was yeah. implementing them. Mm-hmm. And the second we got back, I enrolled in. Oh, cool! So it's like private lessons, and so we get to really yeah focus dive in. Um, and then you know we've we've gone. Uh, like four times, I think, in the past like two years. Nice. Just to yeah, it's cool. We recorded the first album there. We just got back like a week ago and did the second album. Is there you recorded it there because you felt like it's just sort of you want to be in in country. You want to be in the thing. I read once one of my favorite groups, Air, the French French group. Um, Me too, man. They're Oof, amazing. Love them. I, I love I read, rapping over their. <laughs> I love, love love looping them and rapping over it. Yeah, I can I can see why their their sounds are amazing. Um, and just as a as a project, they're incredible. Yeah. And I heard some quote uh, when they did Moon Safari. Mm-hmm. Um, their I guess technically their debut after their uh, EP premiere. The premiere symptoms. Yeah. Um, She's got some hot shit on it. Man. Amazing. Yeah, there's some really good stuff. I think it's very underrated not to be that guy to be like, oh, yeah, the EP's uh, actually underrated. But um, they said, have it. apparently they play that shit. Yeah, like a little, uh, little. it's it's very like um, sexy music. <laughs> right. But there's that one track on Premiere Symptoms. It's, it's like ripping, right? What is it? It's the one that's like fucking. There's one that's just really well. I don't speak French, so I don't know what any of it means. See, I know my fr- I know French pretty well. Oh, really? I used to. I mean, every year it gets worse and worse and worse. And now I'm sort of yeah. more interested in trying to learn um, uh, trying to learn Spanish because I feel like I could just bust through that shit. Yeah, and especially in LA, you can use a, yeah. a hell of a lot more than right. French or Japanese. But you're saying about air about oh right so um, when they did their first LP apparently they just like boxed up into a forest in uh, somewhere in France right. and um, it's it's kind of that uh, transcendentalist idea of just you know going into the woods and making something right and so instead of going um, secluding ourselves in the woods we did the complete opposite and went to the most populated place on the planet. <laughs> But uh, it not, felt kind of isolating, right? I was you know, say because it it sort of has a similar a similar effect. Yeah, and that's that's now um, that's the reason that we did the the second album there as well, because. Um, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I was just about to play this under you, and it says audio track remo- removed due to copyright claim. So oh, this is just a video of a word. <laughs> There's no sound here at all. Cool. Is it, are they monetizing it? I don't know. I guess so. I don't. I mean, I'm not a super knowledgeable uh, YouTube person. I just started making videos to post on YouTube, like character videos to post yeah. for fun. And I just got a letter from them saying, "Like, hey, uh, we're going to take away your ability to monetize unless you have a thousand subscribers by." I heard a about certain this date. So now I'm like, get, "Fucking get me!" Sub- I'm, I'm almost there. I'm begging for subscribers so I don't have to fucking. Oh, I can uh, help you with that. Awesome. Everybody, check out Johnny Pemberton's channel. <laughs> Thank you. Are you Johnny Pemberton on YouTube? Yeah, I'm Johnny Pemberton. Actually, I think it's I think it's youtube.com slash just my nipples. Oh, which nice. is sort of my handle for a lot of things. So yeah, by the time by the time uh, we're done doing this, you'll probably be fully monetized. <laughs> yes, yes, please. I would love that because uh, God, I want to play this fucking song under you talking about this because I feel like it's such a it's such a great thing. I know I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna yeah. The, find if there's it right a will, now. there is a way. 
Because it is breaks on. I think that's the one that's that rips, right? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, pretty much, yeah. Pretty much anything they do is is gold. Um, so yeah. When the reason the reason we um, the kind of the straw that broke the camel's back and going um, is uh, our a good friend Rio um, who produced uh, Poppy dot Computer with me mm-hmm. and also the um, the new the new uh, Poppy album two LP number two. Um, he, we met him in a session, uh, here in Los Angeles and we don't really do songwriting sessions anymore. And at that time we weren't really doing them, but, um, he's Japanese and we're like, Oh cool. Let's go hang out with, with this dude. Right. <laughs> you know, record producer who's from Tokyo. He must be cool. And, um, immediately fell in love with him. He's the sweetest human being on the planet. And, um, and he said, Hey, when, when you come to Tokyo, cause we told him how much we wanted to go. He just said, come to my studio and, and I'll show you around and blah, blah, blah. And that was about the time that we um, were going through that music video drama. And so... Wait, this is when you... Because this is when you went to Tokyo for that first, first trip. First time. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So um, we went and and said, hey, uh, let's hang out. And we uh, recorded a song called I'm Poppy there. And, uh, and he was nice enough. At that point, we had been there for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. And he just showed us like all the, you know, all of these amazing restaurants and everything. He said, um, he said, wait, have you guys, he speaks very good English. Okay. Um, and he asked us, Hey, have you left Tokyo yet? Have you seen anything else? Right. Like, no. He's like, you want to go to Mount Fuji Thursday? Ooh. Yeah. And so, <gasps> so we went to Mount Fuji. Right. Um, we did not make a viral video in the suicide forest. Oh, okay. Um, had I known, <laughs> could have pulled a, a Logan Paul. Man, there. what a funny thing that is. Uh, the, my yeah. favorite thing, we can talk about this more later, but I, I think it's funny. The funniest thing about that is the overwhelming reaction to that by people who should not really care. <laughs> yeah, and people who have done equally as exploitive things. Could you believe that he did this? <laughs> yeah. Can you believe that this sort of dumbass... Sort of like openly dumb. Yeah, like a, a dumbass did a dumbass thing. Wow, can you believe it? A guy <laughs> who basically tells the world, "Hey, I'm just here for the what? What kind of shoes are those?" <laughs> I mean, yeah. what that guy? The guy who was like his brand is being the guy who walks through a screen door <laughs> and like is like, "What was that?" It's like that's a screen door. What is that for? Ugh. Oh, bugs? How come bugs? What? And for anyone who's been to Japan, to imagine that. I mean, it's it's the most polite place on the war, in the world that I've ever been, and, right. and it's true. In rush hour, like they have the the guys with the white gloves and they push you yes. in, but it's very like a polite push, yeah. you know. And um, it's just it's unbelievable being on a packed train and it's dead silent. Are you kidding me? Like one hundred percent silent, and so you don't have the people blasting their um, phone, mm-hmm. you know, and all that. Sound or clashing, eating sunflower like, seeds and spitting them on the ground, or oh, clipping their toenails. Oh, of course. You, you don't even you won't you won't see see. I remember landing um, back in at, in LAX right. uh, after the first trip to Japan and being so depressed. I had reverse culture shock. Yeah, because um, the first thing I noticed, and that's a long flight. I think it was like twelve hours on the way back or something. And so the jet lag's just starting to really kick in. And you're you've been cramped up on in this airplane forever. And I remember just like looking at the ground and being like, "Wow, there's gum everywhere. Yeah, there's cigarettes everywhere. It's everywhere." And you notice in in Japan, um, 
like there's no trash anywhere, but there's no trash cans anywhere. How does that work <laughs> that way? You just finish your thing and you hang on to it until so, you're like home. It's like camping. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Leave it cleaner than you. Leave what no trace. Take no pictures. There That's you go. what I always say. <laughs> trace no face. Leave no houses. Yeah. If, if only more people thought like that here, we yeah. might have um, a cleaner Los Angeles. This is how I kind of feel about stuff because I tend to find that if I have trash, there's no trash, can I just put it in my pocket? Yeah. And then I dispose of it later most, on. Yeah. Most people don't do that. Uh, a couple last time I was I was here because we're always we're always gone now. Mm-hmm. But um, last time I was here, I had a meeting like downtown, and we're like. You know where the um, it doesn't matter where where the, where the six four meets <laughs> yeah. the seven ten and the five does the exactly. where, where it doubles back on the and the eight six. Someone threw like a Capri Sun out there, just threw it out, yeah. um, getting onto the highway. Yes, and so L.A. traffic, and yes. so I, I I pulled up next to um, the inappropriate uh, the, the offender offender. offender. And pulled up next to the offender, and, and so I like I like waved at him like, hey, 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 well, roll your window down. Uh-huh. And uh, it was some douchebag and and his mate. And I said, um, something metal just like fell out of your car. <laughs> and, he, and he's like, huh? And I'm like, yeah, something fell like off. It was metal for sure. Yeah. It was really shiny. And and so I see in my rear view mirror, um, he's like pulling over, like looking under. Yes. Oh wow, you got him. It felt uh, that was the the most That's rewarding thing that happened to me. That's like a serious good one. It felt good. I was very excited. Um, it helps me fall asleep at night. Every night, I think of it when I uh, am in the depths of existential questions. Uh, the only thing that helps me sleep is thinking of him. Thinking about the complete sun. This man taught him how not to do trash. We're going to take a prick, prick, I just said prick break. Quick, I'm going to take a quick break and come back here with, on the, on the thing. Be right back. There it is. This is probably my favorite sound, like this. It's nice. I just discovered this recently. I feel like, I don't know what this is exactly, but it reminds me of a Nigel Richards uh, uh, record from uh, the 90s, or maybe 2000, 2001. Mm. And it's uh, like a heavy house track. See, that makes me want to show you a song. We should, yeah, we'll do a bonus thing. We'll do a bonus. Listeners, uh, what you're listening to now is great. It's really good. We're getting, we've only begun, we're going to talk about a lot more interesting things. I've got some stuff on the docket, but there will be a bonus episode available for you to listen to. Yes. It will include uh, us delving into uh, some very specific musical things that we'll have pre-programmed. It will be outstanding and ready for your, for your uh, balls to drop. Do you ever listen to Shazam, or do you use Shazam? I I don't use Shazam. Shazam, you mean like the app that you yeah. hold up in a restaurant to find which Eagle song is playing? See, I use it, but I'm scared of my um, history ever being released because I only use it for the worst songs I've ever heard. I feel like I do too, because a lot of times I find that the song that I like listening to is one that I don't. The reason I don't know about it is because it's like it's it's in a it's in a pop arena that I'm not familiar with. I had one the other day. I was watching a keyboard tutorial. Uh-huh. And 
I couldn't figure out. I, I'm going to play it for you because I sent it. Uh, I sent it to my mother, actually, because I knew she would know. She has like an, an encyclopedic knowledge of music. She's a music person. She is, yeah. She she's does. a singer. Oh, see, it's always interesting to me the, how that works. Yeah. How, like, obviously uh, your love of music and, and affinity for it, nothing, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Nothing That's comes true. from nowhere. That is very true. Everything has a fountainhead from a vagina. <laughs> and in that case, it was my mother's vagina. <laughs> no, it's true. Um, yeah. Here. Oh, can you pitch it down again? I want to hear yeah. how this sounds pitched. Yeah. I want to see if you know what it is. Okay, here we go. It sounds like the beginning of Hall Notes. That's exactly what I thought it was. Okay, but it's not Hall Notes, but it's definitely based in that. It is. It's fucking based in that. That's just the Hall Notes. That's fucking Doobie Brothers. Hey, you got it. Okay. Okay, yeah. Well, it's hard to tell when it had to pitch there. If I heard the origin, I would know it immediately. Really cool. Mac, I'll tell you who can sing. Michael McDonald. Michael McDonald can sing. That man could sing his way out of prison. He really could. They would just let him out. They'd be like, what happened? Like, we don't know. He just started singing and he got out. But this is a maximum security prison. He's murdered 45 people. He started, officer, look, he just started singing, and we had to let him out. I I can fully, if uh, if I was like a warden, mm-hmm. uh, which maybe. If I was a warden. <laughs> maybe someday. Um, someday I'll be a warden, baby. That's how that's how you'd get out of my maximum security prison. Is you, you have to, it'd be like the Hunger Games. All right, this is not a free prison. You must sing for your supper. You must sing if you want to escape. If you want to be That's the steel pick. What's the steel pick mean? Uh, Just something on this keyboard. The steel pick? That's fun. Oh, that's got a nice swell. It's got a swell to it. Taping. It's got, what is, is that a half step? Is that a half step interval? It is, yeah. It's kind of my move. I like to do the uh, major to minor. I find that that is probably my favorite sound ever. Is the is the there you go or the and that's how you get your ominous sound. It's like your ominous sound. It's also like how you get like that. Uh, um, it's how you get that thing where it makes you feel like the aliens are landing. Dissonant. Yeah, it's it's, it's, oh, I think it's the effect, maybe. I, I, think it's just, I think it's just not very good <laughs> pitch correction on here. Okay. They, oh, am I back? Well, now you're on pitch correction one. 
A pitch correction. Pitch correction hey, level one. Jude. Yeah, look at that. Hey, Jude, <laughs> don't take my dad. That might be my least favorite Beatles song. I've got a home loan. I'm underwater. <laughs> does a good job. Listen Remember to that. Remember to get your payments in on time or you'll be repossessed and a bank auction will follow. <laughs> hey, Jude. Isn't Judas. that it's a bad song? It's not the best Beatles song, I'll tell you that much. But tell you what is good about it. Mm. Is when it starts to when Paul McCartney starts to Hey Judah, Judah, hey, 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 hey. When he gets up when they let when they let him off the chain. <laughs> when, when they let, all right, all right now. All right, let Paul loose. That's that's after uh fifty takes and the director says, Alright, let's just have fun with this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alright guys, let's have fun with this. Or it's the uh, the converse of that, the opposite of that. It's a all right, guys. I'm, oh, I'm trying to kind of say this. Okay, I'll do. This is going to be my my punch in voice. I'm punching into the studio. Yep. Okay, hold on. Uh, hey guys. Um, all right. Uh, you want to do take one now? Oh, I I thought. Um, wait. Okay, you're gonna get. It's gonna make sense. All right. Uh, we got it. We're good. Um, what we just did. We're just. I was just a rehearsal. Yeah, I know. Well, we just got it. You know that story, that old Patsy Cline story? Tale is all this time. time. <laughs> hi, hi, I'm Patsy Cline, and I'm having trouble right now because I'm, I want to do it again. Oof. <laughs> Not fun. <laughs> Not fun. Man, we just got off on way too many tangents here. It's true. We were talking about... Um, we, were talk, we were talking about... I mean, we talked a while ago. We were talking about Japan. Right. We're obviously going to talk about that some more. Right. Talk about recording there. Mm, yes. Which is uh, recording in a place outside of your norm is, that's like a, that's like a big, you ever heard of Lizzie Mercier de Clos? She, no, She's no. like a no wave lady. Mm. <laughs> no wave lady. She's a no wave <laughs> artist. Like New York. She's a French lady in New York, like uh, late 70s, early 80s. No wave lady. That's, that's a great, I want to write that one down. I have, no wave lady. Dude, I have an album for you that I think is going to act for real, blow the lid off. We'll save it oh, for cool. the music episode. Good, good, yeah. Dude, oof. Good stuff. I mean, I don't want to even say it now. Wow, okay. Because I want to drive people. I want to drive that traffic. But yeah. this shit is fucking... <laughs> I'll play it for you. Cool, yeah. I would love that. Yeah. Um, yeah, recording. They, she did an album in the Bahamas. Mm. And uh, that was like a thing where they just... They basically lived in the studio... But there is some effect to having to being like out like of the destination. Element. Yeah, I yeah. find that too. Whenever I travel, it's like my brain all of a sudden just like unfurls. Kind of, it's yes. like you just took the string off the roast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's true. That's that's the um, I think because uh, I, I didn't start traveling until um, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a I have a horrible fear of flying. You do like crippling. Wow. Yeah, still. Um, well, there's medicine for it, <laughs> but that's crazy to me. Um, Where I does can, that come from? You think? I think it's it's not so much about oh my god the plane's gonna crash. Right. It's more of like what if I have a panic attack on the airplane and I'm here for twelve hours no matter yeah. what no matter what. Right. Yeah. You're stuck. You're basically stuck. Yeah. It's, the, it's being, you're being confined. And then it's all the people around you. Like oh they're gonna they're gonna know something is weird with this yeah. guy. Uh-huh. So um, I think that was kind of the. Um, the genesis of it and right. i had a couple of flights that were just like crazy you know weather and it okay. was just ba- a bad bad tur- turbulence and mm-hmm. stuff but um once once i kind of got over that i still don't love it but um i fly like 
every week now so you just live with it mm -hmm. but um yeah so that was that like prohibited my my me being able to travel wow. unless it was like train or bus or car you yeah. know but um it's funny because now uh speaking of kind of like how did you, what was your analogy with the pot roast uh, uh, on for uh, taking the pulling the string off the pot roast. Yeah, um, listeners, if you don't know, a pot roast is a piece of meat that you a nice back hunk. In, yeah, back in the day, if you were poor, you couldn't get a, a good chunk of meat, so you got this cheap cut of meat that's tough. You cook it for a long time, and you string it up with a piece of cotton twine around some herbs or some shit to flavor it. Yes, and then when you cut that twine. It loosens the roast, and the roast has been cooked so long. This is like the most disgusting <laughs> analogy ever invented. Like, I could have gone for a thousand other things, and I decided to talk about a fucking piece of slow-cooked meat that actually probably does not even unfurl from the string when you cut it. Or how about a, how about a, a Christmas tree? When you, when you cut the, yeah. you know, like that scene in Christmas Vacation. Yeah. When you cut the ropes. There's something about... Anytime you relax something that's tight and you let it out because it's le under less tension. I think there's a lot of things to travel. I think a big part of it for me is that all you have is what you have with you. Mm -hmm. So you basically are released from this sort of innate materialistic quality Yeah. to where, like, oh, I just don't have that. There's something really cool earlier. We we're talking about kind of Free. having your your bag, you know. Oh my god, it's great. Yeah, it's, I, I know where everything is at all times. I I am a I'm I've one point I was spent about six months on and off on the road, mm. and that was years ago for this MTV show. That was something where oh, yeah. I just had everything compartmentalized and where everything was. I always had this thing there and that thing there. It's nice, and it felt so good because it's, very it's just nice. you're living. It feels great to live that way because you don't really you realize just the how little you need. That's yeah. That's it. I I, I never I never check bags. So I just have my the thing you put in the overhead and then my my bag. See, I'm starting to get that way. I used to. Well, sometimes you have to check a bag because I have yeah. so much fucking. Used to have so much crap items like clo like cold weather gear. Like yeah, you have to yeah. have that stuff. But that's always uh, I always forget um, that other places on in the world have weather. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we live in this place that's basically like living in a goddamn chamber, <laughs> like a testing chamber for 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 nothing. It drives you crazy. Do you, do you I mean... I, I find it absolutely drives me crazy. It makes me yeah. depressed. It makes me... It's so strange to say, but mm -hmm. me too. It's um. It's not strange to say that. It's actually... It is a phenomenon that exists. Really? Because it is essentially the, the same as seasonal affective disorder. That is... That's pretty mind-blowing because mm -hmm. I... I, I didn't know like other people felt that. Yeah, yeah it's actually it's really common, uh, especially because you're from the where are you from the Midwest? You're from Detroit area. Okay, yeah. and I'm from Minnesota, so like it's, yeah. it's very there's Tundra. A, lot, a lot of stuff happens there. There's yeah, a, there's a very clear distinction of seasons. I miss it. I, I got to see the season change because we're on tour for um, the last Poppy tour, mm -hmm. October, November, December, right. and so we actually got to see seasons, and uh, it was. It was so therapeutic. It feels great. Yeah, we were in Chicago, um, like perfect trees being orange time, mm -hmm. and it was it was optimal. Yeah, it was very cool. And yeah, you you really start to miss it. I mean, I I appreciate like my favorite time in LA is winter for sure. It's just I like winter a lot. Uh, I mean, obviously summer's also, cool too, but summers can be great. Yeah, summers pretty though. great here because <laughs> it's like oh, this heat. The heat sometimes can be so oppressive, it's almost like weather. 
Yeah, yeah. And at least for me, it feels that way. Definitely. When we get those rains, I heard over the past like two weeks or something, it rained here. And I was oh, you so missed it. jealous. It rained like a motherfucker. It uh, rained like, it was, a, it was what I would call, it was a deluge. <laughs> to use that word that doesn't get used a lot. It deluge. was a it was a freaking deluge. <laughs> well, I'm je- I'm jealous that you got to experience that because that deluge. that's that is my uh, that's my favorite. LA. Yeah, I love it. Oh, it's the best. Well, the reason the reason it happens, the reason you get depressed when it's there's no change is because your brain isn't able to demark time, the passage of time. So you feel like you're doing nothing. Yes. Because everything is when you look back on like, oh, when did we record that album? The, we that was an accomplishment. We did that. Record that album. When did we do that? Oh, it was like this outside, so it must have been then. Oh, that was actually no, very yeah, recently. No or it was idea. actually a long time ago. Yeah. But you feel like if nothing f- has like a real weight in terms of uh, memory, yeah. especially if you don't grow up here. It's like that whole thing where uh, people who like American Indians from the Southwest, yes, they the small seasonal changes are the same as they mean more than someone who uh, lives in a climate where, where there's massive changes. So the subtle, t- it's like, I feel like because we weren't born and raised in this environment, those subtle changes, we don't pick up on them the same. So we're not able, well, other people yeah. like who grew up in this area, like they, they feel those changes in the climate because it's part of, like it's their nature. It's, it's not extreme enough for yeah. me. Like, I need to be physically unable to open the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I it's mean, blocked by a frozen water. And and you you really miss out on those. Um, like you would have those days. Like when I, I remember living in Chicago, um, we you like you would just have a day where you couldn't do anything. You can't do shit. No one can do anything. Yeah, people like, can't go to work. Yeah, there was one one in particular. It was the last year that I lived in Chicago and. It was the year of that snowpocalypse where like yeah. Lakeshore Drive, LSD, hey yeah, uh, <laughs> the like Lakeshore was completely um, people just left their cars there, yeah. and, and it was just it was it was amazing. That was cool. And I drove a truck at that time, and I what remember kind of truck was it? It was a big, um, it was a Yukon. It was oh, a that's 99 a big fucking Yukon. truck. How did and, that happen? Uh, I don't know. Actually, <laughs> that's a funny car for you to have, man. <laughs> um. It was uh, all your fans disappear. It was it was affordable. <laughs> yeah, but <Nice>. by <laughs> your legitimacy is gone. Um, well, you know, growing up in Detroit area, it's yeah. like everyone drives either a Ford or a Chevy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? uh, and so um, the snow had covered the Yukon, mm-hmm. and I was out there with a the shovel. You know, like, and I'm I'm pretty tall, and I was like, you know, scooping this giant vehicle out of a big snow uh, drift, and um, I just remember like thinking to myself. Like okay, this is it. I'm done with winter. <laughs> like yeah, never it's again. definitely. I I didn't ever had to deal with that part of winter because I mo- went to college in Florida and then I moved here. Oh, nice. So yeah. I was only a a child or not a child. I just wasn't. I didn't have a. I never owned a car in Minnesota. Nice. And the car thing is really that's this big fucking thing that really is affected by snow also oh there's also stuff where you have to move your car so they can plow yeah if yeah. you don't you get a massive ticket yeah it's all this crazy fun. shit like oh on uh odd number of days or it's all this math you have to do yeah it's the same as parking in los angeles except it's with yeah weather yeah you get it you get it you get it you get it plus weather 
I don't I don't miss um, winter at all, mm-hmm. but I I do I sometimes will miss Detroit and I'll miss Chicago yeah. just because there's kind of that. Um, people are tend to be like a little more real there. Oh, you know? much more so. I, I, I think you get it out here. It just it's it's in pockets and it's kind of like not as widespread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool though being on tour because you you get those little doses again. You know? Right. And, you forget, and, and especially now going, you know, to either Europe or Asia, mm-hmm. um, you kind of get like a dose of people's real lives. Right. Because it's it's easy in L.A. Just uh, especially if you're here for like more than three months, you just kind of start thinking like, oh, this is the way like the whole world is. You also feel like you maybe kind of suck because <laughs> there's so many people yeah. here who are so good at what they do. Oh yeah. And then you go out and it's like. It's like if you're, I'm a comedian, right? I'm a comedian actor. Mm. And when you perform in Los Angeles, it's, it doesn't feel the same. Like when, as soon as you leave town, you're like, oh God, oh yeah, I, I, I'm, good, I'm good at this. Music too. Yeah. Music, oh my gosh. There's, there's such an appreciation for it. There's yeah. such an incredible appreciation for it on their places. Yeah. I, uh, my, my eyes have really been opened in, in, over the past year, just kind of, because I'd never been to Europe before mm-hmm. until touring. And, um, just just went for the first time, uh, probably um, December, I guess a month ago. Wow! Um, and it was it was really cool. Really, uh, sorry to our our, uh, our London uh, listeners, but uh, not my favorite food scene. There. Really, <laughs> yeah. I actually love it. Really, I mean, yeah. it's 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 good if you uh, want to gain weight. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, do you like Indian food? Oh, see, the halal and the Indian food was that's all I ate there. Well, it really is probably. Uh, I don't think I'm. Um, speaking out of place by saying this, but there's a lot of people who say that the best Indian food in the world is in London. I've I've and heard not this. In India. Yeah, I've heard this. I I certainly got my. We were there for like a week, so I yeah. got I got to really dive into the the Indian food. I had good Italian when I was there, but I just the the whole like Eng- English breakfast, like the traditional, like I I just can't do that. I'd rather do the Japanese like eat a fish thing. Okay, let's talk about that again because yeah. now we're back to the thing. What about having rice? Is there a thing you have like rice with an egg over or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, tamago. Tamago. Oh, I do love tamago. That's a sweet egg, right? Oh, yeah. That's the good stuff. Ah. Um, so so the first time that I went over there, I just yeah. um, I didn't know how to like do Japan. <laughs> and so um, I just would... I was staying... Um, let's see. The first time I went, that would have been... You didn't know how like, to assimilate, sort of. Yeah, I was I was I was pretty east in Tokyo, so I was mm-hmm. near like the sky tree, the big tall building thing, and um, I would just go down to the the family mart, which is kind of like their Seven Eleven. Oh, Famima. It was very very. Uh, you can see the the thing is everything is fresh there, even like the grocery store like sandwiches. Everything is made that day, okay. and like, and so um, yeah. I mean, I I I know I feel like I know more than I realize about Japan just because. Mm. One of my good friends and roommates from back in the day, he lived there for two years. Oh, wow. And so he would just tell us all the stuff. We would always, we lived downtown. We'd always go to Little Tokyo like every yep. other day for food. And there's, for, there's some good stuff in Little Tokyo. Great. Yeah, we're very lucky to have that here. It is. Uh, it's the only reason I go downtown. It's a very, very warm, something about that place. Going there in the winter, it feels very, I don't know, it's very relaxing. Yeah, it's very I'm, a, comfortable. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. There's some, there's some, extremely authentic uh sushi restaurants down there yeah. it's you know you know you know sushi's good when you they have the sign outside that says no california rolls no spicy yeah. tuna and it's like okay that's or you know when you're the only gaijin 
<laughs> exactly. Well, they like they'll always you know picture me walking in, right. you know, and uh, and the sushi chef, especially in these kind of like you know tiny little places, mm-hmm. and and they'll say just straight up like no no California roll. Like, yeah, okay. And um, I don't so like cream cheese, motherfucker. I'll, I'll hit him with wakari mashita. What's that mean? I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like right now, the way you said that and the, the length of your hair almost feels like an anime character. Yeah, I've been, yeah, I've been accused. When I, when I bleached it, um, who, who said that? I can't remember exactly who said it, but um, one of my friends said, uh, you, you look like a villain from an anime. Yeah, you do actually. <laughs> I never thought of it. You actually do look like a villain. That, that was the most That's validating thing I've, I've ever been told. But um, it's, it's funny. It's funny, like, uh, you know, going into places and now I, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm I can at least go on my own um, in Japan right and at least get by okay you know and there's there's the tricks just like with any language um, you know uh, tricks to make it seem like you know more than you do yeah just kind yeah. of the little passing things you can say and so, so with French if you just if you just chain everything together with uh <laughs> Yeah. You're good in Japanese. Ano, ano. ano. Yeah, <laughs> well, that sounded cool. That was like a weird little uh, ano. harmony. Ano, ano. <laughs> that's nice. Mm. It sounds like a perfect fifth, actually. Um, now, but I love uh, the fifth. but the, what I found in this, and I felt really good about this, but I also mm-hmm. felt depressed because I was like, oh, I, I'm getting really good at Japanese, and then realizing, oh, I don't know anything, because then I'll I'll start to have like a, a casual conversation, right? And then they'll just, yeah, and, and it's you can't. Uh, sumimasen, uh Nihongo amari wakarimasen. I only speak a little bit of Japanese, and uh, but sometimes that excites a person, so they start speaking. Oh, and yeah, start going off. Like, oh, no, no. Uh. Yeah, but if, that's the cool thing about about the Japanese people is right. when you when you say that it, it's always met with um, a, a total like understanding and and um, not sympathy, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's just such a welcoming place. Okay. Um, I find you know that uh, the politeness is just so. It's, it's ingrained. Yeah, it's like I mean, it's literally ingrained into the language. You know. Like, oh, is it? How so? Yeah, like, uh, are you familiar with des d e s u? Mean desu? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know what that is. So, um, it's kind of become like a meme thing. Like it's like a four chan thing. Okay, uh, like, I, don't, I, I don't think I know. Brit would know this. So, so it's Brit's all about. Yeah, she definitely, definitely would know. Um, all the weeby stuff. Exactly. So, yeah. so basically, it's almost like a period. Uh, well, not a not a menstrual period, but like a, a you know punctuation, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's almost like saying um, like I'm being polite, but mm-hmm. it's at the end of like every sentence. Unless you're in like a super casual thing, but okay. um, yeah, so yeah, it, it's it's almost like a punctuation note that that indicates um, politeness, Interesting. which yeah, it's really cool. Um, and and there's just so many different ways to say the same sentence, you know, uh, like very properly. I got a um, I don't know if this was a compliment, but um, we were on a boat in. Um, uh, like on the river in Tokyo, it was one of those boats that was like a glass top thing, and your your eye level at with the water. Oh, that sounds fun! It, it looked like something from like a Ridley Scott. You mean like, a drowning boat? Drowning? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They call it a drowning boat. It was it was super super cool. Um, Experience drownu. There was there was this guy there. He's a he's a Japanese native, and he said, uh, "Your Japanese is very good. Um, 
you sound like you are speaking at a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay. oh, God. But you know how sometimes you'll, you'll meet someone who's not a native English speaker? Right. And they'll, be, they'll, pron- they'll pronounce proper. things very properly. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, hey, man, you can, you can chill. <laughs> Do you feel like when you speak Japanese that you have a better time? Is it easier for you to speak or easier for you to listen? Uh, it's easiest to read. To read, okay. Yeah. See, I feel like I with language for me, I'm much the easiest part for me is to speak, because mm. it's like I get keyed into the sounds yeah. and sort of like almost the performance of it. Yeah, I, I think I think like, Japanese is the same way. Um, really? Yeah. It for me at least, like, um, it just gets kind of troublesome when you meet someone from like way up north or someone from like Osaka, where slang is completely different. Okay. Or there's in in my experience, there's a lot more slang, so there's just right. it's, it becomes vocabulary. Got it. You know, and so there's just words that you don't understand. So, yeah, I, I try to I try to pay attention to that, but I mean, it's there's so many. It, it's just it becomes semantics. You know. So what were you um? Well, you start you talking about when you were first there. You were going to the family mart. Yes. And you were doing it wrong. What, so tell yeah. me, tell me more about that. Well, because I was trying to figure out how to eat things that were not just like you know ramen not just trash. sushi yeah well i mean i mean um not like just... breakfast in general like okay. like how do i cuz i'm used to just you know eating granola or whatever and yeah which is it are are what we think as um breakfast you know in japan especially is just completely different mm-hmm. and so um you know it's it was it was very i, I didn't really experience a, a, a culture shock mm-hmm. in that sense um, just because I liked it so much um, I've been other places before where it's like okay this is so different and I'm, I'm very uncomfortable but I think I was so like enamored by everything right that um, it kind of it was it was like a welcome um, discomfort okay but um, after I think after that first trip you know we're there for a month so you really start to kind of understand and then you leave and it's depressing and then you come back the next time and you're like, okay, fully recharged, ready to go. And um, I think the second time we went, it was in Rapungi. So it was, it was like really um, a lot of, it's pretty touristy there. You know, a lot right. of like Americans are in Rapungi, um, which is always kind of sad when you're like on the train or something and you see like another American. You're like, what are you doing here? Don't ruin my fantasy. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, this is not supposed to be. This is just for me. <laughs> I know about this country. Exactly. Do, was there any sort of change? Because obviously... Uh, you guys have had a, a lot of success in terms of notoriety. Was it mm. was that changed your experience at all over the past few trips? Um, yeah, because the the last time we went, uh, well, we just got back the week and a half ago or right. whatever. Um, we were there to record an album, and we were there like performing for the first time. Okay, so that's that's a different thing. How was that different? It was amazing. I mean, it's funny because at the end of every song, you kind of get like. A very polite clap. Oh, like four claps. Like it's a golf clap. No yelling and screaming. Regardless of the performance. Oh, yeah. Cause I, so I was terrified. Like, oh, they hate this. So what if Jesus Lizard performed there? Would they hate it? <laughs> no, they, they would love it, but what, they'd be they, very polite. But would Jesus Lizard hate that? Because they'd be like, you guys aren't losing your shit. It, it, I mean, it freaked me out. Like yeah. I, I was, I was convinced that yeah. they, they didn't like it. And then at the end, everyone's like lining up and they're so excited. And, right. And, um, and it was, it was really cool. I just, I, I wasn't used to that at all, right. you know? And and as far as like the performance goes, like you kind of you know once you play dozens and dozens and dozens of shows, you understand the rhythm of how it should feel, and you can kind of time out. Like there are songs where like the song fades out a little bit, 
they're mm. already done clapping by the time when they're you're used to like a big applause yeah. and changing over to the next song and so it's just like silent what about <laughs> an encore then does that exist nope at, at least not at that's so interesting i i really man i can't wait like, to shows go. over thank you bye like we're gonna go probably in thanksgiving ish time next year this year Good time I'm, re- to go. I'm really excited about it i would not recommend going in august okay why is that uh, not, New- that, not that I was going to go anyways, but I mean, you know. <laughs> New York City humidity times 10. Oh, okay. So, you know, like the... Uh, underwear dis- underwear issue. Yeah, underwear so, issue. So um, you like have to do like the dance walk, like that squirmy. That's what I ended up doing. It's like, you, like yeah. fucking, how do I move my pants without moving my pants? It's very uncomfortable. Luckily, the, the trains are, are air conditioned nicely. And every- how do you say air conditioning in... Echo. Echo. Echo ga arimasu ka? Do you have air conditioning? Ah, do you have air conditioning? <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, you're, yeah, at the end of the day, you're peeling your clothes off. Damn. Like, yeah, yeah little, no, thank you. Totomo uh, <laughs> muskashi No, thank you. <laughs> Interesting. Very. See, now we can get some, this is, would you call this a slapback? Let, let me hear it again. This is it. We're hearing it. Um, to me, that's more of a reverb. A like, like a like a short tail reverb. Yeah. Yeah. I do enjoy short a slapback though. Me too. I love a good slapback. Yeah. There's a bunch of reggae albums that feature some oh, slapback yeah. that it, And they'll throw it on the snare and stuff. Like yeah. that's that's cool. Or they'll they'll throw that. Yeah. They'll throw the um like a space echo on the snare. Well yes. actually that's that's where the space echo kind of uh they were the first in to my knowledge to really utilize um, the space echo for those listening who don't know what a space echo is, it's is he, probably the coolest piece of gear ever. Yeah, it's, a, it's a tape echo made yep. by Roland. Exactly. It's um, literally magnetic tape. It's being run through. Pretty, um, pretty amazing. I have a. T- uh, I just forget, I keep forgetting about it because it's on order. But I ordered one of those uh, Tascam units that guy makes in New York. Oh yeah, yeah. It yeah. is called a. I can't remember what it's called. You know what I'm talking about? Is he, it the four track one? It's the one that he takes the Tascam. Old Tascam cassette, cassette recorder, yeah, and yeah. he modifies it to make the cassette tape the echo substrate. Yeah, that's you're using the tape insanely cool. Yeah, and it's handmade, and I ordered it almost seven months ago, and it's supposed to be here this. It's supposed to be here in February. Oh, I, I would wait. love to play with that when you get it. That's, Dude, I can't wait. I I, I, want, I, I want to go on down the hole of the vintage echo machines because it's so competitive yeah. and so like there's so much so much connotation with those. It's almost yeah, it's like it's. It's, it overwhelms the experience by feeling like I've got this vintage gear. Yeah, I, I, it's easy to get wrapped up in that. It is. But yeah. what were you gonna say though about the? Oh, um, well, my the first the first thing I ever recorded on was a Tascam four track. Okay. And it's funny because, um, and then I had sent. Um, actually, I had um, in that uh, on one of my albums, I I did a song that mm-hmm. like the beat thing, and I did it on cassette. Yeah, that the one I you sent, sent to me. you. And um, that was a, done on a Tascam. I think it was like four fourteen, maybe. So that so you recorded that on the computer and bounced it down to the tape. I actually recorded that. Um, uh, the the beat was coming from my iPhone. It, it was. was. It was like an eight hundred eight. Um, I don't even know if they make it anymore, but it was some some software thing. And then um, it was, I did it all live and uh, was using a mixer just like that one right, right there, and. Um, just was doing live keys and stuff and uh, delay stuff. Wow! But there was like there was a time where, because um, I mean I was so I was so broke I could only afford that stuff. Uh-huh. But it, it was cool because I got to learn it you know a lot more or better at least. And um, it's kind of like that old you know Jack White philosophy of 
you know, what's the bare minimum to, yeah. to create. Um, it makes it better. And then it's, it's funny because after that, uh, around that time, um, I, a friend of mine got me a job working for Trent Reznor. I was like doing this nine inch nails, uh, setting up for their tour mm -hmm. and Alessandro who plays uh, bass and keys, his, um, like in his setup, his rig, he had, he used a, uh, a four track as like a sampler basically. Okay. So he would have, if the chord is like, if it's like C, A minor, mm -hmm. F, whatever, um, he would have a loop of each chord and he would kind of bring in and out the chords at like a sampler, right. but he, he used, uh, cassettes for that, which was completely unnecessary. <laughs> like there's really like, yeah. In, in an arena, like, is anyone going to know? But, but he knows, know. he knows exactly <laughs> so much of that, so much of that stuff is that right. So it's not, but for everyone else, it's for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And I can, you know, I get it. You're playing the same songs for, I was just listening to head like a whole today and, um, you know, I, I remember it was like, that must be weird. Right. Because even with uh, touring with pop, it's like we've we've played the same kind of set. Um, many times. So many times. And for, for me, it can be like, okay, this is this boring? No, right. it's just boring to me because the people in the audience have never seen it before. And they you haven't found, sometimes you have to find a way to reinvigorate yourself. With oh, it. constantly. I mean, with yeah. comedy, it's a thing where when you're performing, the new audience, just having a new audience can invigorate an old thing because they're laughing in a different way. And also, obviously, every moment of time is different than previous. So there's no there's right. no actual true repetition in this world. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it always kind of, it must be really hard because you kind of maybe get into that, that Dane Cook, um, you know, people like will just call out like, oh, do yeah. this joke. It's yeah. like, ah, that's, it's kind of weird. It's different from a song because the song, okay, start on the C mm -hmm. or, you know, and, and, and play the song for them. Um, but, uh, with comedy, it's so different. It is. It's different. It's also so similar to it. So and mm -hmm. it doesn't really make sense. You ever see that that um, video of Elliot Smith? I think he was playing Waltz Number Two, I don't and it know. was he he. I think he was doing. Maybe this was the one where he did a show. It was like a pilot with. Um, oh God, who's the guy? Who's the guy? Who's the producer who um, uh, did all the movie scores? Uh, Brendan? Uh, no, Brendan O'Brien. No. Is he? How old is he? Um, is older? Not no, not super old. Oh God, I like seventies like or no? I feel like such a dummy. There's like a thousand people right now. Bernard Herman. <laughs> um, uh, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll have to Google it. But okay. um, anyway, um, he was um, doing a performance and he just like stopped in the middle of the song. Uh -huh. He's like, he's just like, I, I just can't do this. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I, I can't do it. Like it, he, uh, he was just basically saying like it's insincere for me to be playing the song right now oh, okay uh which i understand and it's obviously with elliot smith it's like well i get it <laughs> you know but um yeah yeah oh, that's killing me what, what's the era we'll just find it right now yeah let's find it um we can segue into a question round yes uh it would have been um 1998 right. or 1999 um god what did he, <laughs> i'm so sorry this is this is you know what? It's all right. It doesn't matter. Uh, if you have a problem, go ahead and you can uh, e email the podcast. Email the podcast. It's live to tape podcast at gmail.com. John Bryan. John, oh, John Bryan. I'm yeah, sorry. John Bryan, right? He's the uh, Nilsson sink of fat. 
Oh my gosh. He's a big Harry Nilsson. Like I remember when I first heard John and then I got into Harry Nilsson, I was like, oh, oh I know what you're doing. Yeah. My friend uh my friend he his his stage name Borns, which is actually his real name. Right. Um his last name. He's he, great. Yeah, his new album's amazing. And um at the end of his uh new record, Blue Madonna, mm-hmm. uh, which is great, you should check it out. Um the last track has like a little hidden song and it's like super Nelson. Okay. Yeah, I can see he does have sort of a Nelson quality to yeah. him. It's interesting. He he's a fascinating guy because um he's also from Michigan right. and we've known each other forever and uh, have worked together a ton and um his his music sensibility I think is better than anyone in pop. Okay. Like he That's saying he, something. Yeah, he has such a foundation and it's cool because I just told him um uh, when I gave his his new album like a full proper listen, I was like, dude, um, it, it it sounds like you you put together like every single thing that you like into an album, mm-hmm. and um and it's it's a good reflection of uh, of what the, the music he's shown me, you know. He got me into some. He got me into Bee Gees actually. Really? Oh, he, I fuck it. The Bee Gees are so. Oh yeah, there there he is. This song, Britt turned me on to this right. Mm. And there's something that happens in this song that I think about. I listen to it over and over and over again. There's this shit that happens because it's a ukulele. Yeah. I didn't know it was a ukulele until after. Oh, in the bridge or like the, the broken the down beginning. chorus. Oh, oh. I'll play it for you and then we'll talk about it because I feel like. It's a little the finger pick thing. It's a little that. Oh, that's a ukulele. That's a uke. Oh wow! That little fucking. There's something so textural about that sound. It just it makes me think of like Booker T and the MGs. Oh yeah. I'm hearing like Steve Cropper and this little yeah. This little here it is. Three, two, one. Three, two. Yeah, that yeah. little, that little tiny little thing. Do you have it, access to the internet? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> are you on the Wi-Fi? Um, the, the song's called "Bye Bye Darling." Does by Borns. By Borns. Yeah, it's at the very end. Okay. I want to see if you pick up a Nelson vibe. Okay, I'm gonna. How how far at the end is it? Oh, probably like last thirty seconds. Okay, I'm putting. Okay, um, I'm there. <laughs> It'll be after this kind of goes out. Yeah, here you go. Mellotron, I'm guessing. Sounds like a Mellotron. It's already Nilsson because it's... Oh, yes. Like, yeah. Every time I think of you, I'm so glad What we have 100%. You know what I'm saying? That and the... F- well. Oh, damn. Yeah, it's like... Uh, that compression is delicious. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, that's Nelson. I'll tell you why. Here's why. Uh, from all my <laughs> Nelson knowledge, I've got a pretty deep Nelson knowledge. Mm. Reason number one, songs over. 
and now he's putting his tag on there. <laughs> yeah. So it's playing with the format of the song. Yep. Two, the piano style, those block chords. Yep. And that sort of uh, rhythmic style of piano playing. Um, this sort of unfiltered vocal harmonies. Mm-hmm. That's Nilsson, where it's like basically someone in the room with him and not uh, yeah. multi-tracked. Uh, okay, that's three reasons there. You got those big drums. They're a little bit big, a little bit compressed for like the Richard Perry sound of 71, but it's still got that like that big, yeah. that fat frontal sound. I think also, uh, if the I'm not mistaken, the, there's some dominant seven going in there, which is a... See, that's beyond me. Oh, so that's... All my music knowledge has, has gone to the toilet that's, many years ago. I, I think that's maybe the most um, underappreciated thing... Uh, that you can use in pop music. The dominant seven. The dominant seven. Yeah, it's it's. I find the dominant seven chord to be like inquisitive. Okay. Like it sounds. Um, I think it is actually when he goes. Da, 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 da. Yeah, because it's the, it just it's a. T- maybe you should play it on your. Uh, yeah. We can do everything here. We can plug and play. Maybe this is uh, out of tune because it's a, a Mustang and those always go out of tune. But so you have your your G. Yeah. You have your G minor. But when you add the seven, the dominant seven. Yeah, it's kind of, it rides the fence. It, you know, it, it like, yeah. uh, to me, the dominant seven is the perfect like transition chord. Beatles are all over it. You know? Yeah. Oh, they're the best. Anyway. <laughs> the Beatles. Okay, now I'm going to ask you some questions. Please. Uh, your listeners send a lot of bogus questions in here. Oh yeah, but um, you know, I filtered through it. But I'm I'm gonna honor some of them just because I think it's fun to um, honor some trash some here here and there. Yeah, yeah, let's do also, it. Also, I didn't sift through all of them because who am I? There's yeah, there's probably a lot. It's now time. To, well, also these questions. I mean, we're not beholden to anything here. Obviously, we can do whatever we want, and we can uh, we can veer off into a tangent based on a question, <laughs> ladies. And guys, please welcome Titanic Sinclair into Bad Questions. Who is your father? Uh, he is a, a human being who lives in Michigan who birthed me. Got it. And okay. he, uh, <laughs> when, I, um, when I was a child, he was a disc jockey oh really like records so yeah. he had this he had this big van my earliest memories are him like loading in and out his like records he had thousands that's cool and so um like when i was talking earlier about hey right. what's, what's this keyboard part from yeah i'll just send that to uh either my mom or dad and they'll know like right, right away. away right away he'll know he's he's kind of crazy he'll know like the month and year yeah. and stuff. You know. So your parents kind of heads at all growing up? No, actually, not they at weren't. all. Um, Listeners, you know what head is? It's a, <laughs> it's a cool non-square way of saying kind of into partying, maybe light drug use, or like you know someone who's cool yeah, back I, in the day. I, I I've barely ever even seen my dad like drink beer. Okay. Yeah. So, so he's like um, a nerd. Big it's time. Like, it's like, a, like a music nerd. Yeah, yeah, big time. Because it goes both ways. You can be a music nerd and be a head. Yep. You can also be a head and not be a music nerd. He was like, uh, like radio, like pop radio. Oh, so okay. he, he knew all that, all that. Interesting. Yeah. So that was a good question. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who knew that such a such would be de- <laughs> such should be divulged? Uh, what is your favorite fruit? 
fruit. Um, lately, blood orange. But um, great. Uh, you just missed my, my tree, man. I would have brought one for you. If I oh, it. that's okay. Yeah. I like I like the citrus, but uh, I'll get down with with any fruit. Do you think that Hatsune Miku is a good pop star? Um, it depends on your definition of pop star. Okay. Um, uh, do you regret your life choices? <laughs> Every day. Okay. Sorry Every about day. that. Why are you so mean on Twitter? It's funny. It is funny. Because you, uh, you can say anything and people will believe it to be truth. We'll go back to this because this is what I want to talk about even more, more than anything. Okay. What the fuck is Facebook? Uh, a tool of Satan. Got it. Okay, I agree. What is your favorite TV series or miniseries of all time? This is from Space Boy Martin. Space Boy Martin. Um, you know who that is or no? I don't know. Okay. Um, all time? Well, yeah. Or, you know, you can... You is can, it series? Or they said series? miniseries too. So that opens up a lot. Uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Oh, good one. <laughs> Very good. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, we've got a few more here. Um, what's your favorite part of touring? Says Michael H. Um, getting... Um, it, there's there's something beautiful about um, always being on the move and everything always changing, but there's a comfort. Then there's a familiarity in the unfamiliarity. Yeah, we kind of touched on this. Yeah. Uh, actually, Michael H., we already touched on this. Sorry about that. <laughs> What's your favorite dog type? Um, Asks Chloe X. Zoe, also known as Nina. Chloe X. Zoe. Who has a dog face icon, of oh, course. She's a canine enthusiast. Yes. Um, she has her... Uh, her Snapchat dog filter. Oh, I see. Probably, probably Jack Russell's, but um, <laughs> they're just funny. You know? I like how earnest that answer was. Yeah, they're they're just so dumb, but um, but also very smart. I don't know. I, I'm I'm down with the big dogs though. I like a, uh, I like a. You know, I've actually always wanted a German Shepherd. Wow. Again, that's what I got at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's not. She's a mix. She's like a mutt, yeah. mutt shepherd. She's not the real deal. That, that's cool, though. Uh, what do you got? <laughs> there's so many. I kind of feel like I don't want to. There's a lot of good ones here, but it's also just like it's a lot of generic stuff. Maybe I'll ask you my question. Is um. Oh, great. There's the. What is it? <laughs> we were just earlier. We were talking about, oh, there's too much um, landscaping. And the, oh, land, the landscaping guy. Yeah, is, the, is it the the, the leaf blower? <laughs> yeah, it sounds which like Which are technically illegal. Are they really? They are, but the city refuses to enforce them because it's it's complicated. Ah. Yeah. Well, geez. Questions. Those were those were bad questions just now, but not so bad, but bad enough to be influential and to get us talking about other things. I want to ask you more about the your relationship with the internet. Oh yeah, of course. Because obviously, like. Everything you have going here with uh, the Poppy Experiment is very much based in the internet. Yes. How did that come to be? Um, like the genesis of it? Because it's is it based a lot in opinion? Because I feel like oh. we get, you and I have similar opinions about how yeah. sort of people tend to look at things very closely and not look at the broader picture of and how absurd it is that that uh, someone or something or anyone is. How strongly someone feels about something that is exactly. <laughs> I mean, I guess the uh, the genesis of it was just a way to say like, "That's uh, should we wait for this guy?" <laughs> we could. I don't know if it's picking up. Maybe we'll just do another break. Yeah, quick break. 
quick break. We'll come back and we'll figure out who we are and why we are alive. You do. It's part of our cultural vocabulary, I would say. I, I think um, that kind of gets into a different tangent, but um, Alan Menken. Are you familiar? Uh, H.L. Menken or Alan? Alan. Men- Alan Menken. No, I'm not. But you know all of his songs. I do. Uh, What's his real name? Under the Sea. Okay. Under the Sea. Um, Baby, it's better. Down where it's wetter. Take, take it, from it from me. me. Oh, there's a great um, Dominant 7 in that. Uh, oh, okay. Down in the shore we rode away Up in the dominant seven oh. <laughs> Anyway <laughs> Right? Yeah, that's a great song Anyway, Alan Menken um, He wrote those he, Yeah, he, he did all of those um, Disney Renaissance So he's richer than God? Um, yes <laughs> he That's is, He is God I've been asked a couple of times If you could meet any um, songwriter or artist Living or dead, who would it be? And I think it might be Alan Menken that's cool. Yeah, he's he's a he's a treasure. Where does he hold up? He's he's here in L.A. Okay. Yeah, apparently. I mean, he's probably on a boat, but you know, yeah. <laughs> on a yacht. Yeah, but a uh, great, great, great musicality. He's good. Interesting. You ever see that documentary? Um, are we are we rolling here? We're rolling. Okay, so there's a there's a fantastic documentary. Um, do you remember the movie The Emperor's New Groove? I didn't see it because that was sort of my time. Was I was t- too old and too cool at that point. Me too. Uh, um, so I did not. But I remember, I know of it. So they were just coming off of um, Disney was coming fresh off of The Lion King where they mm-hmm. could do no wrong. Yeah. Little Mermaid being the beast, you know, known as the Disney Renaissance. Um, and so <laughs> the documentary was made by Sting's wife. Wow. Trudy. <laughs> That's her name. Is, Trudy, is it really? Trudy Styler. She's a yogi. Oh, no kidding. I th- if it's the, the wife that he still was... Okay. Maybe he got a new wife. Yeah, it happens. Probably got a new wife. Sting, I'm thinking. But, I think um, his last wife and his final wife is Trudy. How do maybe. you how do you marry a guy that writes, the, uh, you know, every breath you take? That's creepy. You're a yogi. That you, <laughs> so um, Sting was asked to do the music for this thing that would become the Emperor's New Group. Right. And <clears throat> one of his... Uh, this is one of the fun things about... Um, Hollywood and you know you you have your your deal points and whatnot so part of part of his contract was my wife gets to make a documentary at the time she was become an aspiring documentary filmmaker and she wanted to make a movie about the process of the making of the movie and Disney would contractually have to screen it um, Mm -hmm. at least once or whatever anyway movie production was uh, apparently a train wreck of the of that that person who groove Oh, yeah. so she's seeing all this stuff that they don't want to oh, be seen. Oh, yeah. So you get to see in this thing, and it's impossible to find. I, I have it on a Dropbox link that Damn. I can send you because it just gets taken down everywhere. Oh, cool. I want to yeah. see this now. Oh, it's great. It's it sounds great. rad, man. Yeah, the, 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 the production value is, you know, you can tell it's like a first-time yeah. um, filmmaker, but um, the content is golden. You would love it. 
Wow. Um, it's called um, Sweat House or The Sweat House. Ooh, it was that like says a, it all, kind yeah, of. Yeah, it was like a reference to what they used to refer to um, in Los Feliz, those, the original Walt the Disney bungalows, Studios. Yeah. Yep, and, and they would just, uh, in the studio at least, just be locked in there for hours and hours and hours and hours, days, Man. making, you know, Snow White and whatnot. Yeah. But anyway, uh, side, side note, tangent. Side note. So why is so mean on Twitter? <laughs> um, I mean, it's become your mo. Yeah. Well, I didn't really see anyone else doing it. I saw the opposite. Right. You know, hey, I'm the coolest guy ever. Check me out. Right. Like, um, I don't know. There's a million people doing that. But um, I think if you, it's like professional wrestling. You, they let you know very clearly who the hero is and who the heel is. Right. And so if you come out just like, oh, I'll just be a bad guy. Yeah. Then, you know. That's uh, interesting. You can kind of, um, it's easier to like put or more direct um, putting out messages and symbols, you know? That's what you're saying. So, what do you think about the Illuminati? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> There's so many people who, uh, it's, it's interesting to see the fan base for, for you and Poppy, how, like, how ravenous people are for information about things and how much they want to think. Mm-hmm. what they want to think about things. Yeah. I, I equate that to, um, I, I've said it before, but um, the, like I'm the walrus. Right. Had, had Lennon just come out and said, even though he did come out later and say the walrus is Paul as a joke, probably mm-hmm. to um, in the, the white album. Um, what song was that? And here's a clue for you all. The walrus is Paul. Was Oh, Glass Onion. Ding, ding. Well, yeah. Probably the best song on the album. That's I a think. great, yeah. yeah, that's a great song. I think Lennon really hit his stride on, on uh, White Album. Um, but yeah, it's it had it's it's more it's more fun when you don't know everything because yeah. I I know I don't like when I see like a pop singer or something and what what do you mean about this lyric which they didn't write right <laughs> um it's like uh it doesn't have necessarily have meaning it doesn't allow the audience to be a part of the creative process if you have everything if you just goes everything yeah. is laid out yeah think about a movie like um. You know, The Shining, I've watched The Shining uh, 10,000 times probably, and I still am like, well, I wonder what that scene meant. Yeah. You know? Um, and I always really like that, so. So it's like sort of, you know, I like the idea of purposefully sort of cultivating an air of uh, of not confusion so much, but as... Well, the hope is to is to activate people's imagination. Right. You know, like... Because you're not telling them the full story. Right. So because of that, there's like this diffusion mm-hmm. that you have to fill in the line, fill in the rest of it. Because I, I like there. that. I like when I watch something or I hear a yeah. song and I get to think about, oh, I wonder what that meant, you know? Uh, oh, You Pretty Things by Bowie, you know? Like, mm-hmm. huh, wonder wonder what that's about, you know? I can read the lyrics and, and right. you know, wake up, you sleepy heads. But... Um, yeah, you don't know. It's like that thing where yeah. there's a lot. Of, it's a lot of lyrics where I feel like I don't. It could, it could be. Am I being told? It could go two ways, and they're opposite. Yeah. And I really don't know which it is. Which am I? What am I supposed to be learning here? Yeah. But also, you could make the case that you're supposed to be learning that that's what you're learning is not. Of course. Is that it could go both ways, and I don't. This I, the singer or songwriter, don't also don't know. Yeah. And I'm telling you this because it's like I don't know. It's like I'm asking a question as opposed to giving a statement. Yeah, there's a, there's, especially with 
you know, pop culture and mm-hmm. um, where we are with at least in American cinema and, and uh, television music, um, there seems to be a great um, disrespect for the intelligence of the audience. And, right. And um, it's funny when you make something that, and most of what I make, like, I don't know. I just, I, I'm, it, it came from somewhere and, and I made it. So, uh, and I have questions about whatever it is. And, and so that's what inspired me to make the thing. So right. maybe other people have those questions too. And maybe together we can, um, you know, decipher this thing. Yeah. But there's a fine line though, because you can, you can kind of go like twin peaks with it. And, you know, as much as I love that show, you can kind of see, at least in in the original. I haven't I haven't seen the new one yet, but um, it's just sometimes it's just purely absurd. Yeah, it it lo- it's almost like absurdity to be absurdist. Yeah, which I think that's it definitely cool is. Too, you know, I think I mean he's talked about that. Do you do you do any type of meditation? I do. Um, I'm not on the TM yet, but I'd okay. love to. But um, why, why not? Or just uh, time? Time? Yeah, it, well, and I know that's the great excuse, but um. Just not because all, of, at least to my knowledge, all of the like places to to do it like properly are in L.A. And yeah. I just haven't been in L.A. because uh, I've just been, you know, traveling right. and uh, working working around the globe. But um, yeah, I uh, it, it's dumb, but um, I recommend even like the Headspace app. You right, know? people like, love it. It's great. Yeah, it, it's it. I do a lot of. Um, I, I can't remember how to pronounce the um, Indian uh, Vedic. Uh, it's the the nostril uh, alternate oh, nostril know. breathing. Oh right, okay. I don't know what that. I don't know about that. It's cool. Yeah, um, you basically uh, it's like inhale, inhale more through one, while blocking right. one nostril, and you alternate. And I've never heard of that. Oh, it's great. It's it's like this ancient practice that really? I only recently. Um, Found out about. I, I apologize. I don't know. Like the. How dare you not know the about actual this? Uh, the actual name of it? But um, it's great for if anyone has like anxiety. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Like it's panic almost, disorder. Like if if you breathe, it's it like helps. a way to get rid of hiccups. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like the same technique. You're essentially just giving your brain something to think about. Yeah, you're just resetting. Yeah. yeah. And um, but yeah, mindfulness is kind of a become. As things get more hectic in life, you know, it's uh, you, you start to your voice gets lower and you start to realize that uh, the only thing that is happening is the thing that's happening right now. And the only thing that's ever happened is what's here and what's what's now. It's true. The one true God is is being in the moment and here right now. I believe that the one TG, the God of us all is the sound of music as it's being played. Very true. Are you a Ram Dass? I like I, I do I like Ram Dass. I do practice transcendental meditation as uh, well. Uh, I I go in phases with with, with my practices. Oh yeah. In terms of diligence and whatnot, because I think I have a I have a tendency to be very uh, to be very flighty and have a, a be, be have a brain that is confused. Oh, I that creates confusion in itself. Yep, I'm uh, I'm familiar. Clutter. <laughs> Massive amounts of clutter, mental clutter, yeah, uh, which I'm currently in the process of trying to, <clears throat> to actively clean up by by removing physical clutter ah. in order to, uh, which I see that you've done, you do quite well in terms of uh, the uh, less is more. I try, yeah. Um, 
in, in, in real life and in um, the creative realm. Right. You know, like uh, again with the poppy videos, it's we were, we were pushing to see how far we could take just being in front of a white void of nothing. Right. And that's something that's been sort of a, a stylistic marker we've been working with a long time. It's sort of a, I used to do it in high school. Right. It's not, um, it's not new. No, 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 no. Right. Um, I just like the, uh, it's like a blank canvas. Yeah, so there's all this space in there where it kind of feels, you feel like you're nowhere, at, but while, while being present, you are nowhere. Hopefully. It's almost freeing in a way, right? Because you're... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I'm accused. I don't know if that's the right word, but I'm... Um, people often have spoken of you know the the minimalism and kind of um the hypnotic nature of right. the things that i tend to make but um i don't know i think it's just a nice Wait, uh, accused simple, of what though of uh, um, mind mind uh mind trapping yeah, well yeah like um uh mind manipulation yeah exactly hypnotism illuminati illuminati right i just to me it's just kind of like um I want to get directly to the point of whatever it, uh -huh. the thing is, the idea is, or the um, the opinion or whatever uh, you want to call it. But um, I just think it's it's nice to be as simple as as possible. Mm -hmm. It's true. It is. <laughs> it's good to be very simple. Yeah, it certainly um, it certainly helps in the chaos of life to try to at least um, simplify things, you know? Yeah, there's, there's a lot, there's quite a bit of chaos, especially now. I feel like I think of, I just started recently thinking about social media because I saw those uh, speeches, not speeches, those media appearances by the ex-Facebook president, how he's talked about how. Oh. Have you seen these yet? Uh, I've heard of them, but I, I haven't investigated. I mean, when you watch it, you'll, I, I pretty much immediately deleted Instagram and Twitter from my phone. Nice. Because I felt like I was taking, I was reacting to those programs in a way that was like uh, a fucking rat in a Skinner box. Right. I was, it was like a cl very clear dopamine response, oh, yeah. like a slot machine type thing. Yeah. And it's yeah. hard because it's like, like if you live, if you work, like YouTube is a social media to some extent. Yeah. Right. And so you're you're tied into these other mediums. How yeah. do you feel about that in terms of like your how you inter interact with that and mm -hmm. what that means for the future and just yeah. in yourself? Well, I think the way to um, skirt the guilt associated with that right. is by creating things. Right. Okay. Um, and so I I have a set it and forget it kind of mentality with um, creative output, where um, if I make something, a video for instance, right. that's just the, and, and, and when I started working with Poppy, she was, she was kind of the one that, um, I guess taught me that, Okay, you know, like just keep moving. And I, I know, um, I've had a couple of, uh, psychedelic experiences where the truth was revealed to me and progress is the only, um, answer. <laughs> I guess that's the... Explain only, that a little more. Oh, I've tried. <laughs> really? I've, tri I've, I've tried figuring it out. Yeah, that was... Um, that, that, was that LSD? That, um, it, that one wasn't, actually. Um, 
that was uh, another... Um, Psilocybin. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Um, we can talk off cast. <laughs> right, wait yeah. a second. Ready? You can tell me and I'll go. Uh, I'll turn your mic all the way down. Okay, we're back. But, um... Well, how come, uh, you just told me, but how come you can't tell me? Um, is it a thing? I just couldn't. I couldn't remember what it was called. Oh, okay, I thought. Okay, <laughs> I think I understand actually. Um, but uh, yeah, that that experience had me kind of. Um, it was very therapeutic, as as right? those experiences can be. Um, but it was it was like this um, this like all knowing energy. Um, was it was almost like the more I um release creatively, mm -hmm. um, the more healing I'll feel. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it was weird. It that was makes like, a lot of sense, though. It makes a tremendous amount of sense to where mm -hmm. yeah, the more you put out creatively, the more you're almost you're basically healing yourself. Yeah, yeah, and I think that was like my where I was at in life um, when I had that experience. When was this exactly? Um, probably like two and a half years ago. Okay. Maybe two years ago. Got it. And you had and an experience where you realized that you have to, it's, it's, it's the set it and forget it thing. It's also because mm -hmm. we're talking about social media. There's this right. thing where you make something and then the natural response, I feel like, is to see how it's perceived. But you're saying right. move in the opposite direction. You exactly. put it out there. And don't even look at any reaction whatsoever because mm -hmm. reaction doesn't matter. Yeah, and, as long and as exactly. And and with the internet, you're going to see some reaction. Right, it's and, hard to avoid it. Yeah, but um, to I mean, it's it's as easy as just not reading comments. You know? Yeah, like which is easier said than done. But um, I've just kind of trained myself to to not look at that stuff. Yeah, and to to not view that as um a reward or you know because mm -hmm. i i've seen every every positive and negative comment ever and once you've seen everything then it's like oh well i don't need this you right know? yeah it makes sense and it, it just becomes and speaking you know back to the thing about living simply and and getting rid of the clutter like mm -hmm. that is mental clutter that nobody needs oh it's it's you know? it's it's sheer it's sheer terrorism mm -hmm. the idea of uh Things, other people's opinions flying, shooting into you like fucking little stiletto darts yeah. out of nowhere into your brain. Yeah, some like, of the... Some what, of the a, what a... What, what like actual, not just terrorism, but like in terms of like penetration, like, yeah. a, like a Trojan horse oh, of sorts. Yes. Like what a thing. You're, you're taking yeah. your own bad medicine. Yeah, and, and that's how, you know, with, uh, with trolls and stuff, it's like the, the, even if they are able to cut through, like mute... You yeah. don't exist anymore. Yeah, you're gone. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. I'm going to go make something else. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people get hung up on that. It's the same thing as um, you'll hear about um, your favorite artists growing up uh, saying, don't I, don't read the reviews. Yeah. And it's and I don't, you know, I saw um, we just premiered our, our show um, this week at Sundance. And, you know, of course, the reviews come out mm -hmm. and I haven't read one. It's like, you know what? I like it. My friends like it. It's so all that matters. Yeah, exactly. And um, and I I don't want anything to influence the 
the creativity because it's like you watch a show like Lost or something, uh-huh. and you can tell. I don't know for sure if if the creators and the writers were paying attention, mm-hmm. um, but it sh- certainly seems like they were influenced um, by at that time a relatively new internet. You know, also it's a network show, and anytime you have a show of that magnitude, there's yeah. a lot of cooks in the kitchen, and those, yeah, and some of those cooks aren't really cooks so much as the people who they've eaten food before, they've eaten food before, <laughs> and they know how to cook it because they've eaten it. Yes, exactly. And they're making more money than you, so you have to listen to them. Hollywood summed up in one uh, sentence. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I guess I want to maybe end on because obviously, what you've what you've. Uh, Manage to kind of a, uh, create here something that seems to be apart from that. Like you, what mm-hmm. we're just talking about is like being separate from that that whole that that whole dynamic of having mm-hmm. to be subservient to to things that are uh, by their nature pandering. Yeah, well, I think the most the most important word um, in entertainment as a creator is no. Mm-hmm. If you if you just say no, and you believe in it. Um, and you're not just being a um, an argumentative, not being egotistical. Creative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if it's not, it doesn't come from a place of ego, but it comes from a place of honesty, maybe or I think truth. It, or? Yeah, I think it does because um, I a lot of people, you know, this place Hollywood, if you will, mm-hmm. um, it'll it'll chew you up and spit you right out. And okay. I've seen a lot of people get chewed up, spit out, and they leave, and they're disenchanted, and right. you know. Um, and I've I've certainly been chewed up, and I've I've, I've been spit out, uh, you know, multiple times. But um, as long as you kind of get up after that, and you kind of you know dust the shoulders off or whatever, and like, oh well, I learned from that, and that person or that those people who um, felt the need to chew me up and spit me mm-hmm. out, um, they weren't in tune with at least the truth that I I feel as a creator, and so. Um, I don't know. I I just feel if you really do believe in what you're doing and you believe in yourself and it's not blind, it's like, no, I think I think that I've got some ideas Mm -hmm. um, that has uh, that's made it kind of worthwhile, you know, just re uh, constantly reinventing myself and um, and realizing if I don't do it, you know, someone else is going to, and yes. it's just gonna, it's gonna probably be homogenized because they're okay with being walked all over, you know. So we're talking about like making the thing that you want to make because if you don't make it, someone else will will make it, and then that person might not have the presence of mind or the mm. confidence or whatever you want to call it to mm-hmm. to make it the way you think about it and make it good and make it great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I mean, and the integrity. Integrity, exactly. I mean, it's uh, it's not something that is prevalent here in Los Angeles. I yeah, because there's so much stuff where it's like a, it's really r- riding the winds. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe tomorrow, people, everyone will stop liking, you know, my my shows and videos and <laughs> stuff. And okay, well, I'll do something. You do something different. Else. Yeah, you'll figure it out. Yeah, but um, it's I, I think it's really important to. If if you have an idea and and it's crystal clear, mm-hmm. like just say no when when people hey we need to do this we need to do that you need to change this no 
No, I don't. Yeah. Or do you want do you want to be on this thing? It's like, oh, it's gonna is that gonna keep me from doing? Is it gonna take all my time? That's yeah. that's the hard, that's the thing I've had to struggle with immensely. Yeah. Is the thing of um, uh, do I say no to the thing? Oh yeah. Yeah, and I've done, I've many times failed at saying no because yeah. it's like a thing where it's really hard to do that because you don't know. Well, it's complicated. It's I definitely yeah. And I've my uh, uh, my heart goes out to everyone who's in front of the camera yeah. because that is that is tough. Right. You know, when when it's um especially if it's a pilot. I know with with our show, uh-huh. it was like we had some unbelievable people come out um and and read for it and and everything. And uh, I can't wait to watch it, by the that's way. That's the thank you. No, it's it's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm I, I like excited. it. Um that I think casting by the way was the hardest part of the entire yeah. process casting because is, good casting is is Un, you can't if you have a good cast nothing else matters really oh yeah I mean our our casting director just knocked it out of the park she really she really understood who was it uh, can I say this on you can say whatever you want Tina Quebecker okay um, yeah. she's uh, incredible and uh, I got to just got to see her at Sundance nice that's that cool she came out um, but um, I, I wanted to be there uh for all the callbacks, right? Do you do you do you like that when the director's there? Uh, it just depends. I mean, mm. I I do. I like the. I always like direction. That's the thing mm. for me. I like the most is when I, I have trouble when there's not enough direction, and a lot of oh, times yeah. the casting director can't give you that much. And then yeah, when you get in there, it's funny to see the dynamic change when you've moved to the level. The next round, when it's not the casting you're trying to impress, it's the not trying to impress, but trying to right. you know, be working with, right? Because it's the thing where, yeah, it just it's, it's a very different dynamic. Yeah, I um, that that was definitely the most difficult part because there are so many talented people. Yeah, who and, and even just on our show, who who came out and read and and fully gave it their all, you know, and then it becomes um, you know, for whichever character in the show, it's like, well it's eight different shows with, you know, eight different people that I loved from just yeah. from callbacks, you know, but sometimes the person is just the person. It, that's how it was for us. It took me a long time to learn that that was the case where I could, I can go into an audition and do better than anyone else. And I know it, I know I'm mm-hmm. have whatever I have, I've done whatever I'm supposed to do better than everyone else. Yep. But if I'm not the person, I'm just not the person. Yeah. It's it. And I think that's why it was so hard is because you get that, you even even if it's just a quick you know three minute interaction, yeah. you still you can at least from a writer director standpoint, I can see what the show would be like with that person right. portraying the character, um, and and it, it again it was like it, it, just different shows with with a different yeah cat. It'd be a everyone's different. different even people who are exactly the same they it's like it's like a thing where you think about. Um, uh, like a like a something reentering the atmosphere it has to have that perfect angle. So mm. even though it seems like it's the exact same at one point, the longer it goes, the yeah. more it becomes a distinctive thing. Yep. And to where it's just that's yeah, it's your distinctive thing. And also, some people have less of a point of personal point of view, which I feel like dramatically informs the performance. Mm. Yeah. Something yeah. where people forget that as an actor, you're not 
you're not like a blank slate. It's the right. opposite of that. You're like this thing. You're like a canvas has an extreme amount of texture, right. and you just happen to be. And if you don't have any texture, it's really hard to paint on something. Yeah, because it's it's there's nothing there. You want to have like a lot of a lot of uh, text. Like the best actors have the most texture. Yeah, it's almost to the point where not really acting. They're just saying things in a certain way for the person who's. Yeah, it, it's like that thing where that's why I think casting is so important. But this is oh, a whole other, whole other discussion. I feel. Like. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, and that was that was my my first time being able to like do it properly. Yeah. And um, it was just it was really cool. It was it was so uh, it was very re- very rewarding, you know, just to um, to have that kind of chip on the. Uh, What's the term? One, one, one extra um, stroke on the butter. Stroke on the butter. One extra cash on the barrel head. Yeah, because because now in in um, writing new episodes where inevitably there's more characters, new characters. Right. Now I can, uh, I, I'm just more informed in writing the character. Right. You know, because you have more. You have one extra flip on the tandy. <laughs> That's what they say. Is there anything you want to say that um, that do you know people won't want you to say or anything that you want to say that you know people always ask you and mm. you want to say it now? Um, this is a lot, oh, boy. That's a lot of... That's a pretty wide <laughs> uh, wide thing there because I know there's a lot of people who ask you things that you'll never answer. Mm. And uh, I don't know what those are because I'm not in that... I'm not entrenched in that... Uh, the community of um, questions. <laughs> Absurdist uh, questions. Yeah. Um, but also there could be the other thing where you want to say the thing that... That uh, that someone wants you to that you want to say that you don't want them to want you to say. Ooh, I don't know if they'll let me. Well, I'll let you do. You can do whatever you want here. <laughs> no, I. I this just, is a safe space. I'm not beholden to anything. No, I think I think as long as people stay cool, you know, just stay cool, just man. be cool, man. <laughs> do you want to play a song? Um, sure. Yeah, one of one of mine or some some other. One of yours artist. should be great. One of mine. Do you want to play hmm. it? I do have a new album coming out, but um, it, it's 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 fully written. But it's right. one of those things where I've you have to record it. Re- oh well, I've recorded. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah, <laughs> that there's that part. Yeah. Um, it's uh, I I have recorded it actually, Great. but um, I just uh, getting getting it right. You know, I have I have the songs. And I I love the songs, and I just haven't um, mixed it. No, I've I've fully mixed songs. So what's, what, are you, what are you getting at here, man? Uh, I just need to. I think I I think I want to replace all of the guitars with synths. Uh, I'm really into synths right now, so yeah, it's tricky. But, so just go ahead and swap them out. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Press the button. <laughs> Teenage engineer it. Yeah. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Let's let's play a song. Um, I'll sing along. I've always liked. I have a song. I have a song called "Losing My Mind" that I like a lot. Do you want to record a rap album? Yeah, <laughs> I, I I could. I have all of the tools for it. Uh, yeah, me too. On my computer, <laughs> I've got a. I've got. I'll play this rap song once we're done. I'll play. I'll play my rap song. Oh, cool. My latest rap track. We don't have to. We don't have to do a song. We could just close up real gently like this. Cool. Ooh, there's the verb. That's the deep. That's the deep verb. That's the. I only like my verbs deep. This is a real long reverb tale. 
That's a technical term for awesome shit. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Live to Tape with Johnny Pemberton. My guest has been Titanic Sinclair of that name and more. You can find him on the line, also known as Internet. It's uh, available through a computer, also known as a phone. We'll see you again soon. Thinking B, but then I went with I went with D because you know <laughs> my my mind probably took the middle middle divider out of the B and then the D. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>